Welcome to You Learn Something New Every Day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are proud to present a new podcast each week that focuses on the people, programs, projects, and activities here in the district. This show, of course, is produced by my dynamic and dedicated student interns here in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Ms. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Danica Palmersheim, Raymond Ruiz, and Ms. Cynthia uh, Alburez, who's on the board as she is every week. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. As this show airs, you're uh, officially on winter break, so, Mm -hmm. but, you know, record a little bit in advance, so we will give you a vacation, and I hope you have a wonderful one. Thank you. Absolutely, (laughs) and thank you for everything that you do. And today on the show, I am very pleased to welcome Andrea Guadacon. Pretty good. Widacon. Widacon. Yep. And she is the principal at Cabot Yerksa Elementary School. I'm, I was going to say new principal, but really not so new. Like, well, a few months, right? A few months now, yeah, this year. The beginning of this beginning school year. Beginning of this school year. And um, so you, tell us where you come from and your previous experience. All right. Well, I come from right next door in Desert Sands. Oh. My whole career was there. Um, I started teaching, oh my gosh, 25 years ago. It feels like a million <laughs> years ago. Uh, in Indio, mostly Indio schools. Um, I've been a, a teacher up through second through eighth grades. I was a magnet grant coordinator. That was really fun. Got to implement a $1.3 million visual and performing arts grant at an elementary school. Had a blast doing that. Um, I was an instructional coach, and then I was assistant principal at John Glenn Middle School in Desert Sands. Oh, well, I feel I feel a kinship. I think I told you that my kids, uh, I live in La Quinta, so my kids went to Amelia Earhart yeah. and John Glenn and La Quinta High School. So, Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, uh, very, I'm sure you know Mary Perry, and she is... She is the Joan Boyko at Desert Sands, and um, we collaborate regularly and run ideas off of each other, and we're really good friends. So, awesome. I, and I love Desert Sands. I, I like it better here, but that's just because I've been here for 23 years, and in fact, when Mary's position be, was open, mm-hmm. you know, I know several of the board members, or at the time I did, and a couple of them asked me, are you going to apply? And I'm like, heck no. <laughs> I said, as much as, you know, it's nice that it would be in my backyard because right. I, mean, I really could almost walk. I said, no. I, if you, you know what you have? And you, I, I said, I'm part of a family here. Yeah. I said, I'm not leaving till I retire or they kick me out. So. It is, and it, you know, it's true. And it was kind of scary coming over here because I've been there so long. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I am just so blessed i've had so much support and everybody just you know reaching out and welcoming me and you know do you need anything you know i've had assistant superintendents call my cell phone is there anything you need can we help you with anything all the directors are so great so i'm really enjoying my time here it was a good good move for me and you're at a great school i mean all of our schools are great but um cabot yorksa is a uh an exceptionally great school i think and I think that comes from the the past leadership and hundred percent, yeah, and a, a staff that's very collaborative, and I think they love being there. I don't think there's a big turnover over at your site. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you found so far? So just that, I mean, it, you're right about the past leadership. 
Um, Amber did a great job and she really built a family there. They love the students, but more importantly for me, they love each other. And that is something that you don't always find in a school. You know, there's sometimes there's pockets of, right. you know, dissension. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tension. Um, and I'm, I'm really not having to deal with that at all. I mean, they really do. They're there for the right reasons. They know their why and they're there for the kids and, and they support each other. And it's, it really is a team. It's the, you know, we call ourselves Team Orange and it truly is a family and it's, it's and they've welcomed me into that family too it has you know there wasn't that sort of like you know oh you're not part of it or you know any I didn't go through that at all they're just it's been great it's been a great experience especially as this is my first principalship so I couldn't have asked for a better spot well you also have a great assistant assistant principal Jody Diaz and She's been with the district a long time, and she's been at Cabot for several years. Yeah, and boy, she really knows the families, and she is very invested in the community in that area, you know, like the Palm Springs, mm-hmm. Desert Hot Springs communities. Um, she's just been, I don't even know what I'd do, what I would have done up to this point without her. She just has, you know, given me a lot of guidance with the families and how to navigate some of that and get them to trust me. That was kind of the biggest hurdle that I had to go go through at the beginning um and you know now I think um you know we're finding our way together as a team and I think it's gonna be really good so what are your um your goals for this year and beyond for Cabot Yorks and the school community well for this year you know for me it's all just about building those relationships getting the staff to trust me and getting the families to know me, the students to feel comfortable with me. Um, and, you know, that's pretty much just my focus this year, making sure everybody's safe and happy and feeling, you know, that they can do their best. We're still feeling the effects of the pandemic and distance learning. Um, I think the kids this year, and I think this is across all schools, yeah. not at Cabot York, but I think the kids this year, last year, I think they were, you know, they, they were happy to be back. And then they were, we saw like a lot of fighting and things like that happening this year. They're really fighting the structure. They, you know, like having to follow the rules and the schedules and, you know, not being able to just get up and walk out when they want to and that kind of thing. So we need to figure out my goal, I think, is to help the staff and work as a team to figure out, OK, we we have to change how we've done things. We can't just we're not going to go back to before, right. you know, March of 2020. That's they're, they're different kids now. So what do we do now to to meet them where they are and then continue moving them forward? Um, and and my staff gets that. I mean, we've had a lot of conversation around that, and I think they're ready to really dig in and start doing that work. Um, so I'm meeting with leadership team right before the break, and we're going to start some of that work the rest, you know, from the second semester from January on, and then be ready to hit the ground running next year with some, you know, new strategies and new ways of meeting those needs for the kids so that all the kids are getting what they need just when they need it. We just had that whole um training on equity equity. yeah exactly and you know and i'm really this that's huge for me that's one of the things that drew me to this district is that focus um and and we got to change what we're doing i think well and if you think about and and desert hot springs has always been a um a large area of need Mm -hmm. when it comes to social and emotional support for our kids like 
now after and we started before COVID, but now every elementary school has a counselor. Mm -hmm. But we ha have had counselors at the elementary schools in Desert Hot Springs for several years now because of that need. And there's a, uh, a lot of kids who come from broken families, and yeah. some of them, you know, are latchkey kids. Do they still use that term? I, I do, I mean, you know, <laughs> which means kids mm -hmm. who come home to an empty house because one or both parents are working and, um, and they're, they're by themselves. And then, you know, you add all of that and some come from, you know, families with domestic violence and mm -hmm. drugs and not that that's not an issue all over, but it seems like it's been a bigger issue in desert hot springs. And you couple that with the uh, whole COVID thing and being in isolation. And then, you know, the kids who actually come to school to maybe escape uh, mm -hmm. uh, a not so great home life didn't have that escape. So they had to, you know, like kind of swallow and, and deal with it. And, and then, you know, coming back to school, I mean, they have all this baggage that they're bringing with them. Right. And is going through their minds. And I think for a lot of kids that were home and, you know, and we we're all isolated at home. I mean, I don't know. My kids were driving me crazy. <laughs> I, you know, I, so I think some of those homes that really were or are in turmoil, I think things may have gotten worse. Sure. Um, and mm -hmm. I know, you know, just in my experience over the, the last year, I, a lot of our families that I was dealing with even in Desert Sands, you know, split up during that time. So mm -hmm. it, there was a lot of changes for the kids. Um, well, you know, and, and we're all creatures of habit. Yeah. And we all, like, routine is just so important. It's even more important for kids. I mean, 100%, you know, yeah. adults are a little more resilient in terms of, you know, we can... If we have to work from home, we'll figure it out. The kids, like, they have their routine, and they get up in the morning, and they they brush their teeth, and they have their breakfast, and they go to school. Yeah. And they couldn't do that. And then right. I couldn't imagine, like, there's so many you brought up about being a teacher, and you had your own kids. And, you know, people, most people are not living in palatial settings. Like, they're living <laughs> in a two-bedroom right. apartment or house, and they might have three kids that have to be on Zoom. And then if you're a teacher, you have to actually teach your class and you're all in this confined space. Right. I, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. Like for me, I could have worked from home, like, you know, because I could, you know, pretty much unless you were on the front line, like with nutrition services or you could, you had the option of working from home mm -hmm. at the beginning of this. I lasted a week and I, I have my own office, so thankfully I didn't have to have, wear a mask all the time because right. I was in my own space. I hated it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like like a routine. Like you want to get up and get in the car and go to work, you know? And so I just can't imagine the challenges that that created for, for so many people and especially parents who have to work themselves mm -hmm. and then they have to make sure their kids were you know, set up and able to connect. And that's another whole issue. You know, how yeah. frustrating when you can't, you know, you, you're the way you're supposed to be, but your, your internet's not working. Right. And, and that there, another example of the inequity, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, we gave everybody a device. I think all, all the yes. districts out here had, everybody had a device and, but not everybody had internet that could handle multiple kids on zoom at the same time right. although our district was really good with that we gave out that was before you got here but 
we gave out about 5,000 uh, hot spots yeah. and strong ones. So oh, that good. So the that whole family could, they could, could all, be on. Yeah, that, that's yeah, good. Yeah, because well, what are you going to do? I mean, that was that mm-hmm. was just you had to do it. And thankfully, yeah. you know, the state provided the funding to that we were able to do that. Yeah, Plus, there were, goodness. you know, the technology companies like, you know, T-Mobile and Verizon. And like they, they all stepped up. Chipped it. Yeah, to support that was great. Because it, it was really expensive. And although this district's been a one, one-to-one district with devices for a long time now, still not every kid was bringing a device home every day and we had to pivot and immediately get every kid a device we set up those tech depots so that parents could just drive right. up and get them and so I, i'm really proud to be part of this yeah. district and i know you are too i am for sure and you know and, and, and proud to be at cabot york so you know one of the things that i when i went in i wasn't sure what to expect i started on july 25th school started on what august eighth yeah yeah and i thought okay what is this gonna look like yeah. you know i had just a couple of weeks to kind of figure it out and thank goodness for jody diaz she really you know tried to paint a picture for me but i, I really didn't have any idea and i'll tell you what it looks like it looks like you know kids driving up in the morning we're out there opening car doors welcoming kids jody's out there with the big music and we're dancing and you know we're getting kids into school making sure they have breakfast if they're late it's okay we're not you know telling you know saying anything to them we're just oh we're so glad you're here we're you know we're glad to see you this morning let's get you breakfast kids are you know, eating outside of their classroom, finishing up their, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. It's nobody is trying to get anyone to fit into a box, like a norm box. You know, it's everybody's getting what they need um, in the mornings and getting in there. We have our SEL time first thing in the morning. So the kids just kind of can relax in the morning and get settled in and then um, gradually SEL, start their day social, social emotional, emotional learning mm-hmm. and which ties right into what we were talking about yeah. it's like that <clears throat> was you know we were doing it but it wasn't a regular you know a daily right. occurrence and now pretty much every site is doing this every day because the kids need it um i don't know if you guys have a wellness center yet but I'm sure it's coming if you don't, because that's another thing, like just a space for kids who are really stressed out. Like they, you know, maybe doing a, I don't even know if they do timeout anymore, but I mean, just to take breaks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you just, sometimes that's enough, you know, or have, and having the counselor in there so that they can just talk about, you know, they can vent. Sure, and we do actually. We have two spaces. Um, one is our counselor's room, and one is our school psychologist's room. Um, and I'm, I, I go in there. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really it's beautiful, and it is really relaxing. They're each a little different with you know the way they're set up and the you know the I don't know the decor, the appearance yeah. of it. Um, but they're great, and the kids ask for it, you know, and they're learning to verbalize. I need a break. Can I take a break? Can I step out? Um, and we definitely honor that because if they can verbalize it and ask for what they need, that's much better than punching somebody, right? right? Because that mm-hmm. happens too. And that's sure. not, you know, because then you're dealing with having to, you want to, and, and with, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, what's, um, I, I lost the term when you, you, you're not going to suspend a kid. You're going to do, is it restorative? The restorative practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like our goal is that, and, and this actually came from the state, but it makes a lot of sense yeah. that you don't just suspend a kid for, 
you know, getting into a fight or just doing the wrong thing. Of course, if it's drugs or anything egregious like that, yes, you will. You probably get expelled for that. But that doesn't solve the problem. Right. So if you're able to do other things, um, other measures of, what's the word? Other measures of... Other means of correction. Thank you. That's (laughs) it. Other means of correction other than throwing them out of the classroom Mm -hmm. because that's not... That doesn't solve. It doesn't. Really doesn't solve anything. You got to get to the root of what's bothering them mm-hmm. and help them through it and, and teach s- them. Yeah. Right. And so if yeah. you have kids coming to you saying, "I need a break," that's great. Right. You know, like they're not taking out their aggressions on some kid and giving them a black eye. Right. No, I, that's great. So your predecessor, Amber Gascoigne, who thankfully, I mean, she's wonderful. Thankfully, is still with us, and she's now our director of expanded learning, but. She created a little bit of legacy over at mm-hmm. Cabot Yerksa. Like she's the first and could be the only. I, I don't want to say definitively because there could be one or two others of uh, r- really having a focus on college and career readiness at the elementary level, including a career a um, career day mm-hmm. and third, fourth, and fifth graders visiting college campuses. Are you going to continue with oh, that? Oh, 100%. In fact, um, I, I just got an email today from our counselor. She's doing, she's been doing um, uh, career cafes. So she's oh. got like a select group of fifth graders. She'd had them do an interest survey at the beginning of the year. <laughs> um, and this was all her. This was, uh-huh. this, I'm not taking any credit for this because I, she just told me this is what she did. And I was like 100% like, on board. Just tell yeah. me who to pay and what to do because <laughs> yeah. this is great. So um, she did an interest survey, and then she has people from the community come in and speak to the kids, and she matches the kids up with that particular session based on whatever they put in their interest survey. So we've had uh, a guy that owns a skateboarding shop. He came and spoke to the kids, and then he actually did a demo during Red Ribbon Week, and today we had... Um, a lady that has a like a finance, a tax business. She does people's taxes, and she's just seen that the kids were so engaged in that and asking questions. And one of them said, "Can I come work for you?" And she said, "No, because you're going to have your own business, and you're going to do the same thing on wow. your own." And it was just great. So, um, so every she's doing that um, with the fifth graders, and yeah, we're definitely going to continue the college visits. We've been talking about that. She's planning our career day, which is going to come up, be coming up in February. So. It is. It's amazing. And that, you know, when I was at the at the middle school last year and the last four years, we were an avid school. So that was a big focus mm-hmm. for us. So I love that it's at the elementary school because we need to get them, you know, just <laughs> that to be part of their mindset as they're growing up. At the I, I always come to the uh, career day to uh, to take photos and I usually try to bring media people to cover it because it's it's so great, especially at elementary level but see kids in their college t-shirts oh yeah it's just every wednesday yeah and i'm happy by the way to uh to do one of those talks awesome uh, yeah that would be great i love to do that so if any of them's interested in media or public relations or i'm sure um, yeah i'll talk to stephanie i know that would be awesome yeah i would love to do that so that's um that's great to hear that you're going to be continuing with that because it's a it's very, very cool. Um, so what do you feel are the biggest challenges facing your students and staff right now? I think, like I mentioned earlier, just for the staff, just looking at, um, 
you know, kind of shifting our, our practice and our teaching practice and meeting the kids' needs where they are now um, because they are different. Um, they're not, the, the, as I was, you know, I had to do um, observations, teacher evaluations, which I hate, by the way, but <laughs> I, we have to do them. Um, and as I was doing those and observing the lessons, I was just really noticing sort of a, a consistent theme across the board that the, the kids, um, their ability to just sustain for a long period of time on the same topic, even the older kids, the fifth graders, that it's, they're just not able to do that anymore. You've got to shift kind of even what part of the brain that the mm. kids are using, you know, every like 15, 20 minutes. That's about all they can, they can do at this point. Um, so we had a lot of talks about that as we were, you know, debriefing from the evaluations and in our staff meetings, we've been talking about that too. Do you, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because of COVID and like they really didn't have to engage for that long? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think the technology piece, like, cause it was just so much technology mm -hmm. at that point and it does change our brains. You know, we're looking at a, a, a computer screen or you know video games or videos or whatever it's using a different part of our brain and when we're listening to somebody talking or we're reading a text that's a different you know way that right. we're viewing that too so um so i think it, it just sort of changed the way that their brains are working and i also think and i know um i mean as much as we love our kids and we trust them and they're all amazing they weren't all just focused on zoom on their sure. lessons during that time they are any of us right i mean honestly right? we had a session with you know our equity leader and the superintendent had to tell had everybody to, to, had to jump put on their camera right. on and right. and shut off the email and mm -hmm. shut, you know because you was, can tell whether uh -huh. people are work yeah for sure he noticed it too so I mean that, it's just human nature and I know you know they've got the zoom on they had their phone over here or another their tablet or whatever and they're watching right. everybody. so the dog. sure and yeah. so many you know things happening at one mm -hmm. time so I think it's going to be a while before you know, they're kind of, their brains are sort of retrained how to really focus on one thing at a time for a longer period of time. So, so what's the answer? I don't know. Let's figure it out. <laughs> so I think part of it though, I think is, is shortening, you know, giving, um, introducing an activity and starting it and then going maybe to something else for a bit then coming back to that activity after they've sort of had time to process mm. what the instructions are what the sort of the pre-work for that is or maybe more engagement with their peers you know yeah. like, like group work and sure um, and and a lot of that um is really important too we need to really structure that because mm -hmm. um i think that's super important too making sure that those collaboration opportunities are structured with sentence frames and a topic and expectations and you know and and accountability so that you know if you and i are partners when we're done i have to share what you said not what i said so that i really have to listen to you and teaching kids how to listen to each other and then communicate so true. Um, one of the things I found, and I don't think it's it's only one site. I think this is a this is an actual um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A practice of teaching the kids how to respond in a full sentence. That's media training, right? Because you're you're taught when when the media asks you a question, you incorporate the question into the answer, and you don't just say yes or no because they can't use that. Or, you know, you don't want to be taken out of context. So you want to make sure you're saying exactly what. And I've noticed that 
you know, and I've noticed it when media comes on campus to talk to elementary school kids. The kids are doing yeah. that without being told. They, you know, and I asked the principal, I think I was at Rio Vista, I asked the principal or maybe the assistant principal, like, did you prompt these kids about doing TV and told them that? And she's like, no, this is, we do this. This is part of the curriculum. This is part of what we teach them. Yeah. And, um, and I'm assuming that that's become standard standard practice yeah definitely i mean it started i think with you know english teaching english learners and giving them those sentence frames and the stems to start their conversations but i think all of us realized really quickly that it was just good teaching you know that we need really to we is. need to teach our kids how to have a, a an academic level conversation with their peers or with their teachers or, or whomever um, and so I think it's just become kind of standard practice that teachers are and, requiring that from their and students. And what a great yeah. habit to get into at such a young age because that will carry you through job interviews mm -hmm. and college and, you know, making presentations. I mean, it just is a skill that you, if you get used to presenting that way, like answering questions and, you know, including the question in mm -hmm. your answer. It's just, yeah, it's great. No one will be confused about what you right. mean. Yeah, <laughs> you know? definitely. definitely. So that's great. And, and having that as part of what they're learning and how to, to interact with each other is great. And you're right about making sure you're listening and not just focus on what you have to say. Right. Just, just thinking about what you're going to say next. How right. many people do that? Oh yeah. Like you're having a conversation mm -hmm. and then if you ask them at the end, well, what did that person say, I don't have a clue. Right, they were so busy trying not to only is it response. Like you got <laughs> nothing out of it. It's rude. That's <laughs> true. It's rude to it the other person. Rude. And usually you can tell because they're not looking you in the eye. Mm -hmm. They're kind of looking around like, why am I talking? They're not listening to me. That's like, right. They didn't care. Don't ask me. You know, so <laughs> learning those kind of skills, great. Um, what would you say are the biggest highlights you've had so far I think for me one of the biggest things is like I said just the staff that is they just love each other and they really are a family um, and it's so much fun you know and then when somebody needs something you know we've had just recently um, a lot of staff some of our staff really kind of having some tragedies in their families um, you know parents mm -hmm. getting really sick or passing away and just everybody rallying together, you know, doing lesson plans for them or, you know, I'll cover this class or you can leave and I'll cover you. And, and it's just, it's, it's just beautiful because not, not only does it make my job easier, which it does, and that's a nice perk, but it is just, it makes me proud to see them, you know, love each other like that and really support each other because that's, I mean, that's what it takes. It's not an easy job being a teacher is, you know, I, I remember going to the doctor when I was a teacher and I was having like these heart palpitations. It was like my third year teaching. And one of my colleagues was like, you need to go to the doctor right now. So I did. And he asked me what I did for a living. And he said, I said, oh, I'm a teacher. I teach fourth grade. And he said, oh, well, then your job's not stressful. It's not that. I think my head spun around. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I gave him a piece of my mind. Yeah. So it is, it is stressful, not because it's a stressful job, but because your heart is so in it and you're right. giving of your soul every day to these kids, you know, and 
you know, you're trying so hard to not just teach them the curriculum, but to just like you said, to teach them how to communicate, to teach them how to be good people, to teach them, you know, how to think beyond their community. Life skills. Or, yeah, absolutely. All right. Last question. <clears throat> like, so you're going to retire many years from now. <laughs> what would you, what's your legacy? What would you like people to remember you for? Hmm. I think making sure that the kids got what they need when they needed it. Ha ha. Equity. Yeah. Equity. Yes. That's great. And we are very fortunate to have you Thank as you. part of our Palm Springs Unified family. Sorry, Desert Sands, but <laughs> came to the other side and uh, your, loss, your loss is our game. <laughs> That's all I'll say. But I've heard great things Thanks. and um, we're really happy to have you. We'll have you back. Probably talk about college, college yeah. fairs. I mean, not college fairs, college visits. Yeah. I'm all about that. Can you tell? <laughs> I really, I, I love that you guys do that. So, and invite me over for. I will. Yeah. For, we, for career talk. We will definitely do, do that. that. Thank you for being here. Thank you all for joining us. If you learn something new every day, a new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe and please tell all your friends to do the same. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Danica Raymond, and of course, Miss Cynthia. And Thanks, have, Cynthia. Have a great <laughs> winter break, and we will see you next week.